Oh, you know, these new studios are sure nice. Palatial compared to the last one we had. These new digs Why do you cool. say that? Why do you say well, it's that? Just, it feels so much more comfortable. I'm, I'm getting used to it. The second okay. show in our new... Yeah, but you know, one thing, it is bad. It's that damn producer. You know what he's doing? He's cracking what? the whip. This will be the second show that he's made this podcasting personality do within the last five days. He's an asshole. Oh, well. Well, just do what you got to do. I guess that's what it's all about. Hey, you're here. My mm-hmm. gosh. It's another show. I'd like it to sure say it's is. Saturday. I'd like to say it's Saturday and it's time for another show. But we're pre-recording this show. So if something happens between now and Saturday, it's not our fault. We don't have any control over that. But this is the bro show. You're in the right place if you just tuned in. This is the bro show. I'm Jerry. And I'm John. Yeah, and we do this every week. We talk about four things. I'm not even going to tell you what they are. I'm going to surprise you. You will be surprised. We've got some stuff. It's going to take 22 minutes, so we have to get hauling, John. We we got a motor here. We got to make it move. We could do. We do. We do. You you, you got anything on above the belt? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I've got a special bro show T-shirt. And this this was this was done at a particular time in our history. <laughs> and this was done to placate your friends, not to placate them, but to get them to shut up. It says on it, my brother is doing fine. Remember oh, that? Yeah, that was a good old days. Yeah, my brother's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, and so you'd wear that T-shirt so people wouldn't ask you how I'm doing. Yeah, those were those go. That's um, that's t- taking the trip in the wayback machine. There, that's cool. I like it. What do you well, got, What do you got I'm, on? Yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing the Ox of Season of the Ox. Ooh, nice. show Season nice. of the Ox. I figure I break out mm. another animal. What the hell? Mm. So, mm. yeah, hey, all good. Hey, you know what? Uh, we've also we have got a sponsor. Yeah, we do. We? Let's hear it. Animal Legal Defense Fund. And this 50C3 organization, their mission is to protect the lives and advance the interest of animals through the legal system. They do this by filing these high-impact lawsuits to protect animals, providing free legal assistance and training prosecutors. And they also are working on tough animal legislation. And they're doing, you know, to give example, you know, bears are encroaching uh, uh, metropolitan areas, and as a result, yes, they are. There's a there is. A state such as Connecticut is actually trying to put into law that there should be a bear hunting season so we can get oh. rid of some of these critters. Oh. Well, the Legal Defense Fund gets involved in it. So right now what happens is you can only shoot a bear if you were, or you're in harm's way, if you're going to get you know crunched and ate up by a bear. That's the only way you can do it. So they're always working to protect the animals. And you know what? Why? They've also got Swag. swag. Yes, they do. And I've got some of their swag. I've got the one that protects uh, killer whales, drain the tanks, it's called. That's a a worthy endeavor, definitely. I love their stuff. It's really good. Uh, We have swag, too. And all of our swag that gets sold goes to, all the profits go to the Animal Legal Defense Fund. None of it even touches our, our coffers. We don't have coffers. We don't even we don't even have coffers. What am I talking about? (laughs) I mean, we don't even have hallucinating. Well, I'm not so sure about that. But in any case, uh, yeah, yeah. So you can get our T-shirts at merch.bro.show. 
We got links to it in the show notes. We got links to the uh, swag for our sponsor at the bottom of the show notes. So you are all set. If you want to subscribe, just go to bro.show. Type it into your browser and hit return. You don't need .com or anything. And you will be able to subscribe to our feed and see the latest show. Hey, we got a story. Um, hey, Meerkat we do. Story. You know, this is a this is a continuation Meerkat story. A couple of months ago, we decided to take a look at at how you know what happens in terms of the whole breeding of ma- meerkats and how it all works in terms of the, on the network of zoos that are in the United States. And sure enough, we found out the Association of Zoos and Aquariums have what's called an SSP. That's a Species Survival Plan. So what they do is they collaborate, work together. To make sure that they uh, they you know they basically pair up the best uh, female meerkat and male meerkat, and they do it at selected zoos, and it's all based upon a a selection process that's uh, vetted and and we, to make sure that the, the the outcome is the best it can be. So sure enough, within the last month, we find that first time in 16 years, <clears throat> excuse me, the Smithsonian National Zoo in D.C is celebrating the birth of three meerkats and it happened through Ooh. the process that we ju- that I just described. Uh, wow. five, five-year-old Sadie gave birth to the pups and it was based upon uh, the association of zoo uh, like uh, in aquariums. They're a plan that was put together and they determined mm. that this would be the place to happen. So what they do is they they you know they find a, a male meerkat and a female meerkat. These, for example, we've already mentioned Sadie, the female, and Frankie, the the male. They were not there. They've had to be brought in from uh, various zoos. Frankie, I think, is from L.A., and Stella's from Florida. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds <laughs> funny. That sounds funny. Okay. Not, I, I see Frankie. Frankie's got sunglasses on, right? Yeah, he, you know, you know, that's one thing to talk about with this, you know, after they have this, you know, kind of introduction period, make sure things are working out okay, and then they go at it. Before you know it, in a certain period of time, we have, we'll have the pups come out. But what is cool is that you're right, Frankie's just kind of, he's the typical meerkat, uh, male meerkat, he's just kind of sitting in his chair, twiddling his thumbs, you know, getting food to eat and and not doing much, maybe a little sentry duty here and there. Well, the sassy ones are the are the females, the sisters. Yeah. You know, yeah. when the the the, the zoo attendants are uh, come up, they they're bold and brave, and they'll go right up to them and and take the food away, etc. So wow. yeah, it's kind of nice when you can see an example of what we've been talking about taking place. And yeah. quite often you would read this and you'd read a headline and say, "Oh, for the first time in 16 years." You know, a zoo has meerkats. You think, well, gee, it took an awful long time for for them to figure out how to get these two animals to breed. But it doesn't quite work that way. This is a very strategic. It's a part of a very comprehensive strategic plan that is put together uh, by this association. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about if things are going great. Uh, oh, good. How long is it usually before the uh, the 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 animal, okay, this is the pups? Give me give us some of the the background on how the pups you know finally open their eyes, get out and about, and all that good stuff. Hey, this is this is kind of the interesting part of the story for me anyway. Is that usually uh, the pups don't see daylight for three weeks? They stay in the burrow, and they have burrows yeah. here on, on, at this facility. But for some reason, and no one's quite sure why, uh, that Sadie brought her pups out uh, right almost right away. She brought them out when they couldn't see even. And yeah. so they've been stumbling around out there and everything. And I can only think, John, that maybe Sadie and her sister Stella, they're just being responsive 
to the needs of the zoo, that the zoo attendees need to see these little pups. That's all I can think that's, of. That I think is that that's good. I, I like that. That's as good as anything I else. Like, yeah, I like the attitude of the meerkats. What can I say? Me too. We got something else too, don't we? We got a word. We have a word. Word. Yeah. And the word yeah, we word. have for this this week is upcycle. Mm. Upcycle. U P C Y C L E. Sort of like recycle. Well, it's a little bit better. Upcycle is a little bit better than that. Because what yeah. we do is we process goods and materials so as to produce something that is better than the original. So I've got this example uh, based upon what our two takes is. Schoolies are renovate, renovated school buses made into houses. An example of upcycling at its best. Ooh. I got this from uh, reading a, what is a schoolie? A complete guide. So, you know, wow. uh, this whole like, but you know, this upcycle thing. You've done this, haven't you, with the, with the vans or whatever? Yes, I have. And that is our two takes. We're going to talk about RV living, recreational vehicle living. We're going to talk yes. about the types of RVs. We're going to talk about, you know, the all the all the stuff, the like the <sighs> facts and everything. But then we're going to talk about the more subjective things, why people are doing it, et cetera. So I want you to start us out, John, with well, I'll tell you what. Uh, first thing is, I, I think I just feel very comfortable with this topic, not because I know about it, but because we have a resident RV expert oh. on oh. on staff who uh, who was going to be able to provide us with with a lot of personal uh, experience that he's had. But I think oh, when cool. we take a look at RVs, we got to understand that yeah, <laughs> yeah, you better be it. That's all I got to say. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. A recreation vehicle, it's a, it's a motor vehicle or trailer, it could be either. So one of the first things you got to decide with this is whether you're going to hook it on the back or you're going to make it part of it's going to be the uh, complete home in one piece. And, you know, there are a lot of different types of RVs. Uh, they, they do them by class, A, B, C, which are the motor home types. And then yeah. they've got trailers, too. I mean, there's a lot of detail here, but we're talking any, you know, could be as much as, you know, the little ones could be four or 5,000 pounds. The bigger ones could be 25 uh, to 30,000 pounds. And wow. I mean, we're talking costs that can run from, we're talking new up to maybe uh, 200,000 bucks. And that's not with, uh, you know, you could run up the, the dollars in a, in a heartbeat by mm-hmm. putting all this extra yeah, stuff on it. So, but the one that you, uh, you, you did as a, as a ute, uh, was the the, the, the <laughs> one with the, on a truck, which is kind of like did you a, call me a Ute? You called yeah, me a Ute. Well, good old days. You're not a Ute now. You were a Ute back in the day okay, when you all did right. all this. You're saying was that was that what was that word was Ute? Was that mean Ute? ute yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Or my cousin Vinny reference. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I see. You got the idea. That's for sure. You're so, right. I did. Uh, Guilty, Your yeah, Honor. Me, yeah, maybe you could give us a little bit more of the, the, some of the, the deets on, on, on these wonderful things and how it fits into your wonderful life, how it's, it's been just a, a, a ride, just a real thrill for you to be able to, to get involved in this from various points in your life. And so, yeah, I, I started out in 1970 uh, getting, uh, building my own RV, upscaling a grain truck. I bought a, wow. a two-ton grain truck, and in, a grain truck is just really... Uh, it's a flatbed truck with sides, okay, and then a chute yeah. you can pull up and the grain comes out. So that's that's really all it is. It's not not a big deal kind of truck, and I got it really cheap. 
I think it cost me three hundred dollars. Wow. And uh, yeah, <laughs> back then that was a lot of money. Yeah. To use truck. You know, that's a long time ago. That's twenty three years. Uh, I mean, excuse me, fifty three years. So, anyways, got the truck and I insulated it, put a roof on it, insulated that, put a a, a back on it, and you know, sawed out a door and put hinges on it. And then, you know, I had a latrine, I had a wood stove, uh, you know, I had a fan for when it got hot. I had a, a bed to sleep in. And, How about when it got uh, cold? Did you have like heating too? I had a wood what stove. Oh, well, that's right. Stove and I also had a space heater in case it got, Sweet. you know, in case it ran out of wood. But yeah, wow. and it worked great. It worked great. And, you know, I think I, I got the whole thing done for way less than $500. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, you know, those. How long days. did you live in this thing? Uh, oh, this less thing. than a year. I li- okay. lived less than a year. I did uh, my uh, part of my uh, junior year in college, and then my senior year, I did abroad. And when I went abroad, I sold it. But so it was, you know, what? the cool. thing is, you probably had it a little. You you had it a little bit better than a dorm room, I would imagine. Privacy or I had privacy. You the I could I could park it anywhere. I could go out on the weekends. I would go out to Giant City or Cobden or mm. one of the one of the places around there. I had friends who lived out of town. I'd park there. Have Maybe you could even go over to Marion and the Marion and visit some of your friends in prison there too. I could. I could. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You could end up oh, there. Well. Yeah, you could end up there. It happened. So, you know? well, what, yeah. what basically motivated you to do all this? Uh, well, I did that, but, you know, I didn't stop there, John. Uh, after that, you know, once I got married, uh, I always had the ambition to do it. And then we moved here to Austin. After a while, I used an RV to go to work in Dallas. I would drive That's from right. uh, Austin to Dallas, and I, I'd park in an RV park and then uh, go to work and park it again. Then I got a bigger RV, and I bought a, a, a scooter. And I was... Ah. Used a scooter to go to work and and kept the RV in the RV park. It was great. I do that, you know, summer. I did it in winter. Did it all over the place. I've owned a class, uh, a school, uh, a grainy, which is like a schoolie. It's a grain truck made into an RV, right? And, yes. And then also I I owned a class B and a class C, and now today as I sit here, I'm sitting in a class A, which is the wow. largest. They're they're like a bus. Class so you, you've C got sort like of a, like the, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and a class C is more like a truck, a regular truck that got a camper put yeah. on the back. And a class B is like a big van that had the interior mm. changed up into, uh, into a living space. And they all typically have a means of cooking, a means of refrigerating food, a means of going to the bathroom and a means of, of sleeping and driving. That's it. That's what they all have in common. And so, yeah. So you're asking me some of the subjective things about, you know, what it was adventure. Adventure is what did it for me. And I took a, a class under uh, our Buckminster Fuller uh, my sophomore year and my junior year that really inspired me. Uh, and uh, he said the best way to learn about physical law and the universe and all that stuff was to be a sailor to sail a ship because you have to have all the skills that that you can imagine to keep on course with a ship. You have to have food, you have to dispose of waste. Yeah. So I am basically, I did the same thing only with a grain truck. 
You know, there was no large bodies of water around Carbondale, Illinois at the time. So I just did it with a crane truck and then I just kept doing it. It's a way to adventure it. You know, and this is a new job. The covered wagon in, in, in America was exactly what that was, right? The covered wagon. My sure. jet west. Yeah. And in Europe, they had caravans. You see it, you know, like in, in the Wolfman movie, the gypsies had their caravans, right? And they would live in those. And so it's not a new thing. It's an old thing. But the, really the question is, are you going to hook up? And that doesn't mean find find girls or guys. Yeah, it means once. it means yeah. attach yourself to electrical grid. Are you going to be on the grid with your RV or are you going to be boondocking? Are you going to be free? That's always the yes. question. And I'll and, tell you, here we are, 2023, and uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Adventure isn't right in front of you. In fact, you're actually living yeah. the life right now. I am. Adventure. I am right now as we speak and, and as we record. Uh, and one of the motivations for you to do this has got to be the, the hassles with respect to the grid down there in Texas. So you're going to be. That's part of it. That's part yeah. of it. And you've got uh, a generator. You've got the, the capability of escaping that grid. Plus, you have mm-hmm. the self-sufficiency right now within your own yes. vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be making your merry way up to Iowa on, with this with this wonderful vehicle. Yes. And parking yourself in Fairfield, uh, mm-hmm. Iowa. It's going to be yes. one cool trip. So I, I really applaud you for, uh, you know, taking that extra going that extra mile uh, to, to, re, to revisit a, a part. There's part of it, I think, is kind of redoing what you've done before, kind of a reunion or a trip yeah. down memory lane to some to some extent except yes, maybe kind of kind of maybe dressing it up and stepping it up a, a bit in terms of we've gone up a what notch. you've got we've gone up a notch yeah so that's, it's that's nice. all cool yeah yeah hey uh one of the things that you know you another decision i think you have to make is you know there's convenience and there's freedom mm. right so there's mm-hmm. as you indicated before there's a lot of bells and whistles you can get on an rv but each one of those conveniences, you know, may take away some of your freedom, you know. Yeah. And one of the things I learned early on when I took design science in, in school is the more moving parts a system has, the more prone to breakdown and the greater the need for maintenance. Good and that, that pertains to automotive uh, issues. That pertains to computers. Definitely pertains to RVs. So I made a very conscious choice to get a small class A, like a number of things that it could have had I didn't want. In other yeah. words, there's they, these things called sliders where part of the RV slides out to give you more room. Well, the more sliders you have, the more sliders can break. So I decided wow. only one slider, right? And, and steps, getting out of the RV, the taller RVs have these steps that pop out when you open the door. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? I've had an RV where those steps didn't come out anymore. Because ah, it stopped so working. Some, yeah, wear and tear. Yeah. So so this one does not have that. This is a lower RV. The living space is lower. We gave up a little basement space to have that. But we also had a smaller engine, better economy, and we can get down easier. So those are the decisions you have to make. I'm just giving you some examples here. Yeah. Convenience, good, I'm sure. convenience or freedom. You, it's a constant choice you have to make. And this is good. This is good stuff. You know, you really discover who you are and and where you live and all that stuff. And you uh, systems, you know, if you want to become a systems analyst, buy an RV. 
<laughs> she will be so, by the end of the year. So you right now are a homeowner, right? Yes, sir. Yes. And you're a homeowner, and how much are your real estate taxes going to be? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? My rent can't go up. That's good. That's I own yay. It. Yeah. You own it. Yeah. But your real estate taxes going up. That's always a big. I mean, that's a big yeah. expense in, with a for a homeowner. So, yeah. and uh, and it's a question. You know what? You've lived this life before. And I think the best part of this, let's give some cred where creds do to the decision yeah. maker who decided to go this way. And that would yes. be your wonderful wife, Mary Jane. So it was her initiative. Cred worth. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, what happened absolutely. is she made the decision. You said, I'm right behind you. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. So, yeah, I'm I'm her wingman on this one. Yeah. All good. Absolutely. Well, I, it is I, good. Uh, look, look and we're going to be closer together. I'll probably get a chance to visit you. You can visit me. And yep. somewhere in between, we'll maybe even go to the Field of Dreams up there in Iowa. Oh, so. that'd be great. That'd be great. So good. Hey, do you have any you have any groaners this week? I got a couple of groaners. So here, here our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. And he delivered this week. What do you call a submachine gun that shoots tranquilizers? What do you call oh. a submachine gun that shoots <laughs> tranquilizers? <laughs> this is so bad. Well, I don't know. Does it have anything to do with Thompson, the Thompson submachine gun? No, it has to do with oh, – it's a submachine gun. I hope I said that to start out with. Oh, a submachine gun. It's Subcutaneous uh, – I don't know. A a snoozy. <laughs> Uzi? What? Oh, You ever hear of an Uzi? Oh, oh. A snoozy. <laughs> Come on bad so bad it's okay bad. it's okay, good okay, though it's okay, good okay. it was okay, bad it's good. it's good okay hey here's something a little closer to home no pun intended what do you call investment in a motor home what do you call investment in a motor home i can't guess real estate <laughs> oh perfect john <laughs>